Chris Mann, Bright Funnel. First, start off at Bizzo, helped to get through as a product manager. It's a $176 million acquisition by LinkedIn. Stayed there for a few years, started consulting with Bright Funnel, joined full time in 2015, ushered in by one of the original founders, Nadim. Uh, they're now serving and they've, they've broken $3 million in ARR, serving over 70 customers. Again, helping them understand some of the important things around metric and funnel management, really predictive intelligence for all kinds of different B2B marketing aspects like attribution, forecasting, and benchmarking. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 units sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This database... I keep it to myself, it's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. This is episode 791. Coming up tomorrow morning, you'll learn from C. Lee Smith. His SaaS company, Sales Fuel, has passed $7 million in annual recurring revenue, and he used ice cream, yes, ice cream, to get his first customers. Tune in to understand how. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Chris Mann. He has over 25 years of experience in product management and strategy. In 2010, he joined Bizzo and created a marketing automation system for B2B paid advertising and led the company through its $175 million acquisition by LinkedIn. He was also involved in leading product strategy for LinkedIn's advertising business. Prior to Bizzo, Chris helped product leadership roles or held roles at IBM and Core Metrics. Today, he is a founder CEO leading Bright Funnel. Chris, are you ready? to take us to the top yo Nathan excited to be here I sure sound old with that long track no record. man you look fresh you look hip you look cool that's all good so tell us real quick I want to get some clarity on something you said you led Bizzo through the acquisition were you like head of BD there or were you the founder or what, what was your role there yeah so so I hope I didn't say it that way so I was head of product okay. uh, started when there was 15 people um, and was a key executive on the team as we grew the company's best time of my life, man. So I want to get in your brain, right, to understand where your head was at when you launched Bright Funnel. Part of that is, you know, an entrepreneur, whenever they launch a company, they have to look at risk. Like, I have three kids. I have to have this much in savings before I do this in case it fails so I can put food on the table, that kind of stuff. Where was your brain prior to launching Bright Funnel? In other words, I mean, were you early enough yeah. at Bizzo yeah. where the financial award of the exit was enough to basically give you security so you could go take another big risk <laughs> no um, well so what happened at bright funnel for me was that i began advising bright funnel when uh there was about 18 people in the company we're about 45 now okay and so that was while i was at linkedin after the acquisition of bizzo and uh nadine uh, hussein the ceo at the time and i became good friends and we decided that i should join the company 
um, when the uh, my time at LinkedIn was over. So I joined as head of product and we planned a transition where I take over as the CEO seat. Um, so I took over in the CEO seat here in uh, April. So that was my path to the CEO seat. It's a, that's a difficult bridge to, to cross that you're talking about in terms of going from zero to one and people have family and that kind of thing. And uh, I would have loved to have done that, um, but uh, all of the pieces were never in place for me to make that type of a jump. Did you have to stay at LinkedIn? I mean, was there an earnout component to that sale, which made mean you had to stay there for a while? Oh yeah. 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 What yeah. was it like? I mean, is, is link, look, I, uh, this is a side question, but I think it's relevant for my audience. You know, I'm using LinkedIn pretty aggressively now in terms of republishing content. I'm starting to yep. see like some changes where I'm getting more engagement. It's actually, yeah. it's interesting. I'm getting more engagement in some cases than I am on Facebook and other outlets. Um, yeah. I mean, will they ever have a really mature, a dominant advertising platform to the likes of what Facebook has in your opinion? Well, um, from the scale standpoint, no. You know, like it's a B2B focused audience. The uh, audience of professionals that they go after are, you know, high talent, high income professionals. So, you know, as opposed to janitors on the, 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 the far end of the spectrum, you know, those types of audiences mm -hmm. are on, on LinkedIn. So, so the scale will never get to, to Facebook where anybody in the world can get value uh, out of Facebook, right? Um, however, what's so rad about LinkedIn is that data set that they have. I mean, they know skills, they know the content you're interested in, they know your job history, they know your education, they know the people that you, you network with. So you can imagine from an advertising standpoint, um, that's super powerful. And in fact, not just advertising, but figuring out, you know, who the hell you should be advertising to and what kinds of companies you should target. So that, that that's going to be a very powerful, always on part of the B2B marketers, um, ad budget mm -hmm. uh, for, for a long time. Interesting. And then help me understand, was it just the relationship with Nadim at, at, uh, bright funnel that led you in, or were you part of the fund, the last funding round they did? And it was contingent upon them bringing in a CEO or like, what were some of the other like levers yeah, being pulled yeah. yeah well so i was part of the ad game for for now for eight years right and so when you're thinking a lot about advertising you're you're thinking a lot about how to prove or understand or measure the value of advertising so back at bizzo we started building something like bright funnel um, that tries to understand all of the touches with the key people and the key accounts that lead to pipeline and revenue. Right? Yep. And so um, when we got to LinkedIn, we actually acquired a company called FlipTop um, where we wanted to repurpose that team and build this kind of thing for advertising. So bright funnels for advertising. And so as I got to know bright Fun, I'm like, holy shit, this is way more complicated than um, I had suspected. And you need to have kind of a, a Switzerland, if you will, for doing attribution or marketing measurement where, you know, LinkedIn should not be the company that you go to to have them prove the value of their advertising, yep. nor should Facebook, right? You need a platform that measures all of that. And for B2B marketing, you also need um, to be able to look at offline things like what happens at events and roadshows and, and so forth. So it's a, it's a much bigger problem. And I saw this thing and I know B2B marketing so well, and you could just start to see all of the different things you could build off of a platform like this and a data set. So, so I couldn't turn my mind off. 
and uh and so nadim liked you i mean what about like uh, i think you had there were two other co-founders i mean are they still at the company and were they kosher and cool with you coming in as well there's i mean the the reason i'm asking is that there's usually conflict when this kind of thing happens and i'm curious if there was and if so how you resolved it and how you're growing you know now relative to getting over any conflict that might have existed yeah um well, to a certain extent, you know, in a forum like this, I probably don't want to get into the uh, all of the details of the transition and, and how that happened. I would say that it's uh, hard to have something. I would imagine that it would be difficult. We, we must be a case study in how to do this because uh, Nadim and I work together every day. He's, you know, executive chairman on the board. He's doing business development for us. He's doing some opening doors in his network. So, uh, you know, the transition has been very smooth and uh, to a certain extent planned, but not fully. Um, over my time here, I've built a, a lot of credibility and great relationships um, with all of the executives. Mm-hmm. So, Are know, Ron, John, and Nasheed part of that executive team? Are they still with the company or no? Yeah. They yeah, are. Yeah. So everything's tight, man. Yeah. Like, I'm, not, I'm not bullshitting you. It's it's really happening here. We just had a record quarter. People are all What's excited. that mean? You can't call on my show and say record quarter without attaching numbers to it. What's that mean? Yeah, so, um, you know, like 151% of revenue plan, um, you know, uh, revenue was three times, new, revenue, new, new ARR was three times that of what it was over first quarter. Um, a lot of things are happening. You mean right? you mean Q1 of the same year of 2017 or of last year, 2016? Uh, of 2017. Got it. Yeah. Got it. We blew it, up. we blew it up this quarter. And, and give us a sense of, so you joined in 20, you said 2015 or 2016? I was advising in 20, late 2015 and got in the walked in the company in uh january of this year okay so we haven't spent much time because i was focused on the story but the company was launched i think in 20 late 2012 early 2013 yep. but tell yep. for people that don't know tell us what bright cove does what's the, or sorry what bright funnel does yeah yeah so um marketing is the second biggest you know budget line item on the P L, right and so so it's important that the ceo understands and optimizes that spend number you know very big priority yet when you look at what's happening in marketing today b2b marketing is where our focus is is there isn't a measurement platform that stitches and can see every single touch that marketing has on a prospect and an account all the way through the buyer's journey so bright funnel puts this data together and presents it in a way that is really easy to understand and then lets marketers do optimization so you can do things like okay wow i'm looking i'm getting all these leads from facebook the cost per lead for advertising on facebook is super low and it looks like from uh, LinkedIn that the cost per lead on LinkedIn is much higher. So I should put more budget to Facebook. This is how, without this kind of uh, system, the marketers would think. Now, when you can tie all of those Facebook leads and LinkedIn leads down to pipeline and revenue, you say, holy shit, the cost per revenue on LinkedIn is lower than the cost per Facebook for revenue on Facebook. And that metric is typically like dollar spent for a new dollar of ARR. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it goes on. You're looking at, and then you're looking at events and you're looking at road shows and your content and the interplay with our book expansion over time, cohort analysis. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah you got it, man. You yeah. Got it. Interesting. Okay. And then, I mean, so what's the business model? Is it, is it SaaS based? I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a annual subscription. You know, our, our, I know you like the numbers. So Give it to me. Get, don't even yeah. make me ask. Save me the air. What can you tell uh, me? I'm super excited. Like our, our average uh, uh, ASP this last quarter was 93K, which is great for a cloud company. That's uh, average selling price. That's annual? Annual, yeah. Okay. Annual. And yeah. Is, that, is that reflective of historical data as well, or has that been like doubling or tripling year over year? It's, uh, I believe it was 60K uh, coming out of Q1. Okay. So we're, so we're moving up market. We're finding that the larger, larger organizations uh, concur as a customer of ours. They have 150 marketers that touch and use the product across the globe. And so we're finding that we have a bigger impact, uh, better success rate, um, you know, more revenues, yeah. similar customer support costs as a, as a 50 person company. So we're wanting to play in these companies that are a thousand people and higher. Yeah. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of good volatility happening, right? Where it was, it was 60 K, you know, it said Q1, it's, it's like increased by almost like a third, right up to 90. So maybe a better question would be if you look at all your historical data back to 2013, I mean, what is the, what's the average ARR per one of your customers? And is that based mainly on number of seats or what parts of the product they have turned on so you're asking if i look at the whole book of business what is the average yeah that's right yeah i mean what's the all your customers yeah, on balance now on the on balance so we no longer take a deal for less than than 30k when the company started annual subscription 30k when the company started they were scrapping for you know you just try to get yeah so what's the average if you look across the whole the whole base yeah i think it's about 50k right about 50k now. okay it's, that's pretty healthy so that, i mean that's enough to warrant an inside sales team correct oh yeah absolutely what's your, what's your you have 45 people now what's the breakdown between engineering and versus sales and marketing yeah um so we are about a third engineering. Um, we have uh, a pretty heavy marketing team because we're a marketing organization. I think there's eight in marketing. Uh, that includes our SDRs, okay. so we count the SDRs in that. And then the sales team is now six uh, sales folks, which is lightweight. Uh, you know, for historical reasons, we've been slower uh, in building up that organization. And what's the weirdest thing you've done? Don't tell me like Facebook ads or LinkedIn ads or inbound marketing or whatever, but what's the weirdest thing you guys have done to acquire customers? The weirdest thing? Um, I don't know. The fun part is just walking in and telling them that we're fucking winners. <laughs> and, if, if, and, and we make our customers winners. And if you go with us, you're you're going to be on the right path. Give me, something, right. give me something real, though. I mean, was there a weird conference you sponsored or, like, stickers you printed off or, like, oh, yeah, something like, crazy? Okay. Yeah, Dana Rothman's our uh, VP of marketing, and she's just very creative. So we were... Uh, at Mar the Marketo conference, it's a big conference for the space. She had, um, you know, this thing where we brought in a bunch of dogs from the companies, puppies, you know, and there was a puppy corral and people could come by and see puppies and, you know, just like a magnet. How people many, how many leads did you get from that? I'm curious. 
I don't know. I'd have to check in Bright Funnel to, to, to show you. I don't remember. But we had a lot of hang time. You know, people come over, they pet the dogs, everyone softens up. Oh, what a lovely little puppy. I love this dog. So you say, if you want to pet the dog, you give me your business card. <laughs> that's funny that's, that's right yeah all right so. and then so what about some of the other economics on this i mean what are you spending to acquire one of these customers uh let's see so cpl has been cost per lead has been uh roughly 59 dollars across all of the programs and how many leads and do you need for a new sale uh we uh, are converting, I have the pipeline numbers, the revenue numbers in my head and not the, um, uh, the lead counts. So we're converting about, uh, we had a hell of a quarter, we converted about 30% of our pipeline uh, last quarter. Okay, so you need about, call it three or four leads to get one new paying customer. Yeah, we, we wanna have 5X the pipeline uh, every quarter that, uh, we feel good if we can have five X the pipeline every quarter that, uh, is ahead of our revenue goal. But so just, just, just to be okay. clear, just to be clear though, Chris, so on a $59 cost per lead, if you get four leads, you said you're converting 30%. So if you get four leads, which would cost about 236 bucks, you're converting one of those into a, a an average selling price of 90 grand. Yeah, you're asking for metrics that aren't in my head. I'm what are thinking, what is in your head? Tell me those. Cause well, well, just what I just described. So, if we have a pipeline, which is you know total value of all the opportunities that we track in our system. So, let's say we go into a quarter uh, with 300 mil in pipeline. Yep. Um, or three mil in pipeline, rather. We uh, in last quarter we were able to close. So there's a number for it. We close a third of that. So oh, I see. Million in new pipeline. I see. But we we don't want to have it to be that tight. We'd like to have five x. Um, well, what do you mean by five x? If you have three million bucks in your pipeline, you want to close what? So I, I would if I have a, have a one million dollar quarter for new ARR. I want to have five million pipeline. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. Uh, you don't yeah. you don't want it to be that tight, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, are those the real numbers? Three million and one million. Yeah, that was. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, and then, so take me, so Team Size 45, are you guys all based in San Francisco or where are you based? Everybody's here in the city. Um, and now we have two people uh, that are remote. One guy's up in um, uh, Reading, of all places. And then we've got a guy that I hired out of Bizzo who's out in New York now. So one of my former buddies. Um, taking on an account executive role, going to be the feet on the street in New York. That's great. And how many customers are you serving today? Uh, we just crossed the 70 customer mark. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Okay, so you guys are really, I mean, there's two kinds of SaaS companies, like high volume, low ARPU, or low volume, really, really high ARPU. You guys are very much in the latter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, I mean, I, I mean, if I take the 70 customer amount times the 50K kind of a, you know, ASP on average annual selling price, it, it takes your MR to somewhere around like 300 grand. I mean, is that generally accurate? It's a little bit lower than where we are, but okay. yeah, that's okay. That's, that's good. That's, that's good. And you're then really, are, you're really getting this out of me. I don't want to give all this away. That's all right. Hey, you just keep just keep smiling. Just give me you're big. <laughs> just give me big ranges if you want to stay. Uh, keep it. Keep it uh, high level. Um, last few questions here before we wrap up because we're we're running over. But I'm enjoying this. Um, churn. Are you? Do you guys have? I mean, logo churn monthly. And if so, what is it? And then what's your net revenue churn uh, annually? 
We'd like to stay away from churn if we can. Yeah, we have churn. We always have more than we want. Yeah. Um, what's more than you want? Like, what's your target? Don't tell me what you have, but like, what would you like to be below? Well, you know, 10%, you know, revenue churn or logo churn, sorry. Annually. Uh, yeah, we're, we're able to, you know, upsell the account base so that we're, we're never going negative on a quarter in terms of revenue churn. Yep. Um, but logo churn, you know, you just hate to lose every one of those customers. But if we can stay at 10%, um, you know, annual logo churn, that would be where we'd want to be. And then revenue, kind of ARPU expansion over time. If someone in year one's paying you a hundred bucks, what are you usually able to expand that to in year two? Is it 120? So that's 20% growth or what? 20, 25%. It's really, I got that right. Damn, baby. I'm on fire. All right. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, guys, I talked about this earlier, but I schedule like so many meetings that would blow your mind. I mean, all my podcast interviews, right? Hundreds of entrepreneurs I talk to monthly. I schedule and you know what? But I do it so efficiently. I get them all to agree to my calendar. So all the calls are back to back to back. That means I'm not switching in between tasks all day long. I get them to batch so that I can be very efficient. It's so critical. I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling to do this at NathanLacka.com forward slash schedule. It eliminates the back and forth between me and people I'm trying to meet with. It makes it very simple. And most importantly, they help me keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders. Helps you look very professional. So go to NathanLacka.com forward slash schedule to sign up. And you get a great deal. You know, you guys know this. I hit people hard. I make great deals. And Gavin, the CEO, has given us a great deal. If you sign up like normal people, okay, on their website, you only get a 14-day free trial. If you use my link, NathanLacka.com forward slash schedule, you get 45 days free. Okay, it's the best. It's free. Go to NathanLacka.com forward slash schedule right now to sign up. And I'll see you there. Let's wrap up here, uh, Chris, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh, uh, there's two. Hard thing about hard things and high output management by Andy Grove. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Well, uh, Russ Glass was the CEO of Bizzo, and um, he's just ingrained in me. Um, and uh, can't say enough about him. He's just an amazing guy. Number three, besides your own, is there a favorite online tool you have? Favorite online tool that I have? Um, shit, man, I'm using LinkedIn all the time. That's good. Uh, all right, number know. number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I'm working on uh, nine. Okay, but what are you getting? Uh, seven. Seven. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Yeah, two kids, dog, great wife. That's awesome. And how old are you, Chris? Uh, 48. All right, take us back 28 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, what do I wish I knew when I was 20 years old? Um, well, this so this is one of the things that Russ Glass taught me and asked for me was he said, um, you know, so you can see I have a goofy haircut, and um, we were actually talking about that, and like Russ is the, you know, some of this stuff that I'm my persona and hold is this stuff holding me back. Uh -huh. He points in my face and we're just getting to know each other really, you know, this is two years into it, finger in my face. And he says, what I need is more Chris man. And he says, just let it loose. And the more that you can do that, the more value you're going to bring the companies. Like, I'll let you know if you start getting out of hand, going off the rails. And so what happened for me was that 
and I hope this isn't too long of an answer, but this was a, kind of a pivotal moment in my life is, is I imagine my, my brain is a, is a CPU resource. And when you're walking around kind of wondering how to behave or wondering if you fit in or um, you know, all this stuff is a massive, you know, it's like, it can be a 60% drag on your you know, mental capabilities. And so, so what happened is everything just started to flow and I began very focused on the business and started to find all my weaknesses as strengths. Um, and I just started bringing it and people responded to that. And a lot of those things are why I'm able to, to lead this company today and why the executive teams. So maybe double, double down on your strengths might be something you wish your, your 20 year old self knew. Well, a lot Same. of this stuff comes over time. Package right? that up for me though. So a 20 year old listening right now, like give them a lesson that'll save them some time. It's come from the heart, man. Who, who are you? Like, what are your, what do you know is, is all the elements about yourself look inside and bring it. Like, are you somebody who's a 20 year old who's been in therapy since you're 15, which I have been, you actually are not a fucked up individual. You are somebody who understands yourself and understands people. And it turns out that in my management style, I can really get to connect with people and they feel understood. And when people feel understood by their management, they work so hard and so passionately um, to go after people. So that's one example. There you guys have it from Chris Mann, Bright Funnel. First, start off at Bizzo, helped to get through as a product manager. It's a $176 million acquisition by LinkedIn. Stayed there for a few years, started consulting with Bright Funnel, joined full time in 2015, ushered in by one of the original founders, Nadim. Uh, they're now serving and they've, they've broken $3 million in ARR, serving over 70 customers. Again, helping them understand some of the important things around metric and funnel management, and really predictive intelligence for all kinds of different B2B marketing aspects. Like attribution forecasting and benchmarking chris man thank you for taking us to the top great to talk to you Nathan. we'll see you man if you enjoyed today's episode with chris go back and listen to yesterday's episode with jt mccormick the ceo of tucker max's book in a box and learn how they passed 11.3 million dollars in revenue working with over 500 authors